this week it's all about the captain and the queen, which goddess Storm. <laughs> She's got so many names and I love it. I love all of them. I feel like it's also about a certain dragon spreading fire. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And uh, we got we got a, a schmedium. Schmedium. Schmedium lineup of yeah. comics this week. Yeah. Extra medium. Extra medium. There's three. And one of them is going to be high level. But we got a boatload of X-Men Unlimited or yeah. Unlimited comics. Yeah, we have more Marvel Unlimited comics than we do physical books this week. Yeah. So let's get into what that lineup might be. We've got Marvel Voices, number 44 and 45. We have Love Unlimited, number 42. X-Men Unlimited, number 79. Extreme X-Men, number four. Marauders, number 12. And Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number two. But first... It's time for the news! 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 You just had to get that one little more news hey, in there. This week, Women of Marvel came out. Oh, yeah. 2023, number one. Initially, I was like, oh, there's no mutants in here. I don't really... Not that I don't care. I bought it. I read it. it was, right. It was entertaining. There is one mutant in this book. Oh, my gosh. According to a very recent retcon. <gasps> this retcon you do not know. I do not know. There has been a retcon of a certain Avenger having been a mutant all along. What the what? I was actually just... It's a mini callback to Retcon Wranglers. Flipping through some panels as Monica Rambeau... Get Photon, out of here. What? ...has been revealed to be a mutant. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. How are her powers explained in the MCU? Ah, uh, they're not. <laughs> so... <laughs> just, she just has them. Could she be another of the line that is... Like, you know what they did with Ms. Marvel? Because. Oh, yeah. Multiple Marvels now? Maybe. Maybe. Intrigue. That's that's a big switch for a character who's been alive for decades. To it's, suddenly be a mutant? Right. Yeah. I was looking it up. The Beyonder originally gave her her powers. Mm. And uh, apparently just looking at the the story... Some of the pages that I'm finding online, because I didn't buy the comic, because I don't read Avengers. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, can't read everything. Can't read anything. The Beyonder is saying like, hey, I, I didn't want to. I thought no one could know. It wasn't safe for, for me to. It, it was too complicated. It was. I was. You were a child. I hid what I was for so long that I finally felt like it went away until that day. You don't want to say the word. It's like, oh, I, it, it's just this. This whole reveal that I guess all along she's been a mutant and Whoa. The, the Beyonder giving her her powers was just activating her mutant gene. Well, there you go. So I guess there's one. There's one mutant in the book. In the in the Women of Marvel book. I still have to read it. I want to. Are you ready for the rise of the Stark Sentinels? No. 
Get out of here, Tony. It begins with Invincible Iron Man number seven and X-Men number 23. Oh. Hot off the trail of the brood crossover. And we've got another like mini, mini little popover with Tony. So this means we have to read the Invincible Iron Man? I mean, I've been reading it since day one. How much has Emma been in it? She's not been in it at all, but she's in issue five. She's on the cover of issue five, and now it's crossing over in issue seven. All right. Phalong is the villain to Iron Man, and it seems as though he's taken over his assets, Tony oh, Stark's assets, oh. the Iron Man brand and name, and with that is producing Sentinels that look like Iron Man. Oh, Phalong, you dirty biscuit. I think that's a really interesting story idea the, the fact that you know it's a kind of public slander it, it's the image of iron man enforcing like working with orcus but it's not really iron man yeah what can he do about that that's rough right it's like nobody's gonna look at that and go oh that's not iron man that's not iron man that's totally iron man no that's definitely tony stark ah tony marvel is helping you out again me not you specifically but the world oh what, what is dominion an article on Marvel.com talking about what, what it is. In case you clearly can't understand the data pages like me. Sure. So it is helping me. Right, right. Because all those days ago in Powers of Ten. Long, long ago. Centuries. Millennia. <laughs> they explained what Dominion was. Mm -hmm. And then now they're using it freely in Sins of Sinister. They're just tossing around. You know, what, what is you it? You want a Dominion. You want a Dominion. I want a Dominion. So what is it, Justin? What did Marvel say? Dominions represent the highest stage of interstellar intelligence within the Marvel Universe. A Dominion is essentially the ultimate evolution of machines and artificial intelligence. With the functionally limitless amount of processing ability and knowledge, a Dominion has godlike power and exists outside the traditional bounds of of time and space. Put more simply, that means a Dominion exists in its most advanced state across all points of time simultaneously. Ugh. Bleh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was more simply. but I mean, it was. No, it was more sure. the mo all, multiple points of time simultaneously right, right, right. that I made that reaction to because that's just bananas. And we all know that Mr. Sinister is trying to achieve dominion through his four different clones right mm -hmm. we, we have seen that not his clones i guess nathaniel essex's original clones right whatever it means whatever that means which we do know what it means we right? do yeah we had that data page showing their different attacks or their different plots to achieve this status and we know our friend in the golden ball is not doing so hot now he's having a rough time but we'll find that out later later, later in the show Captain Marvel. Uh huh. We got a lot Captain of Marvel. news right. today. That's, that's number three. Okay. Four. Carry on. Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> we keep on talking about how oh, Kelly Thompson would be great on the X line. Yeah. Captain Marvel's run is ending with issue 50. Issue okay. 49 is the one that everybody's like, hey, come check this out, X fans, because it's where the brood thing is ending. And then the run's ending in 50. What's Kelly to do? Come to the X line. That's what. Uh, there's no announcement. I'm oh just, man, I'm just you reading the tea really, leaves. You know, you just... really had me going. I was like, "It's happening. Good. It's happening." No, maybe we don't know. I don't know. Not yet. Come back later. Ask again later. Outcome cloudy. <laughs> Two comics in our poll. 
two comics in our poll. Marauders <laughs> and Storm and the Bros, as I <laughs> abbreviated it, because I wasn't going to write out. Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants? It wouldn't fit in the box, but a couple of people said, oh, no, that's great. Make it, make it right. Make it the thing. Vaderino said it's canon now. It's canon now. Okay, gee whiz, I wonder which one won. I'm going to go ahead and say um, Storm and the Bros. Storm and the Bros. What's the percentage, though? That's the... 93%. Hmm. No? 88. Pretty close. Pretty close. Only 5% off. Mm, that's fine. Rude. Your facial expressions <laughs> right now. You know, <laughs> it's not as good as it could have been. It was 90 to 10, and then we ate dinner. And then everything changed. Everything changed. Everything is different. Dang. Thursdays are crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about Marvel Unlimited. All right. I mean, there's so many because it's kind of our fault. We we missed. How Love, dare you? What do you mean? We missed what they said with Marvel Voices that it was starting last week. So mm. the first issue actually came out, I think, on Thursday on the day that the live of stream the live, was. Yes. And, you know, we were we were lollygagging all week. Yeah, we, we messed up. We messed what up. What can I say? We're, we're in the process of moving, y'all. I say that. Not to, you know, pull the curtain back on our personal lives, but to just say, if an episode comes out late, uh, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> we're weird. moving and we have like 10 years worth of stuff that we've b- barely packed. I've, I I said it to Alicia, I have so many action figures. It was really a good moment for me. <laughs> it was the first time I've said that out loud where, where I felt like I didn't say this to her, but I felt like I have too many action figures. Did you guys hear that? That's on record. You just said that on record. Sure. That's recorded. I, I'll edit it out if no, I have to. No, don't. I then this part of the conversation me. won't make any sense. I'll edit the whole thing out. That's rude. Don't do it. I hope everyone listens to this petty little argument we're having. Yay. <laughs> I don't think you have too many. What I said in response to you saying that you have so many action figures is like, yeah, but they bring you joy, right? You it's love true. them. I so do. that's okay. I just, I have impulses to buy random ones that like you know i need for you to have those impulses so that when i have impulses to just make a new costume it it balances out you know perfectly balanced perfectly balanced let's talk about marvel voices all right marvel voices deadpool and negasonic teenage warhead if you weren't getting enough deadpool yeah there's more there's more they got some pig problems. Yeah, there's a runaway pig that they have been hired to take catch, care of. Yeah, to find and catch. I guess but this, there's this tech guy stole it from a, a company as a proposal to his girlfriend, and the pig has eaten both of them. Both of them. And so, what to do? But just boop it into a portal. Because all right, so I only know Negasonic Teenage Warhead from. The one time that I remember her on Genosha, where Mm -hmm. she died. And then I think she was in that issue of X-Men, I want to say number eight, with Laura on the cover, where Laura saves Lady Deathstrike from the Orcus base. Mm -hmm. I know her from the Deadpool movies. That is where most people know her from, right? So this reveal that she's a precog and... She has the ability to develop other powers based on the choices that she makes. Which is crazy. It's just so crazy. Like, I don't even understand it. I kind of do. Like, I get it. She sees this future. She's like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. Make these choices. Now, retroactively, I have that power. So right now she has love portals as her power. 
Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where the first issue ends, right? Sure. Well, no islands. That was a very distinct point in that issue. Mm. Didn't want to go to Krakoa because, no. you know, Genosha still right. very triggering. And she has a vision. She's got one hour until she kisses her girlfriend on this unknown moon because it's also an unknown girlfriend. This girlfriend she doesn't know. She has never met before. Or there will be complete destruction of the universe. Yeah. So cut to the second issue. And who is in it but Emma, Emma, get it, get it. Emma, Emma, Frost. I knew you'd be excited about that. I'm excited not only about that, but this like the team. team. Yeah. Do you see how I've screenshotted this team? You don't often screenshot comic panels. I screenshotted it because it's all women. We've got the Invisible Woman, Princess Shuri, Dr. Tony Ho, the Scarlet Witch, Moon Dragon, Philavelle. Is that how you say that? Philavelle, Jean Grey, and who else but the Boom Boom. I love the, is Boom Boom here? Yes. Genius comes in many forms. And she's the one that figures it out. And Boom Boom is the answer, yeah. Right? So they're they're trying to figure out who this person is, who this mysterious girlfriend is. And, you know, they're looking at the memory, the vision that Negasonic Teenage Warhead has. What is she? Ellie? Yes, Ellie. (laughs) I can't say that every time. Another Last of Us reference. Yes, right. (laughs) She's got this jacket, this bespoke Van Dyne jacket. Yes, which came from a storage unit. Right. You know Van Dyne? Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp, is a fashion designer in the oh. Marvel Universe. Oh, snap. There you go. And she doesn't know why she would have this. Invisible Woman takes the star's pattern that she can see in that vision and she maps where it could be yeah. interstellarly. Everyone's doing real serious work. But Jean Grey with the Cerebro helmet scanning for this person. You know where the answer is? Social media. Just Cyberstalker by Boom Boom. Just Boom, boom for the win, baby. But, you know, she hasn't posted in a little while, so unsure of exactly how we're going to get her. So what do we do? We go to her house. We go to her house. She hasn't posted in a while because she's out in space. She's apparently working in space, and her, her parents are hilarious. They're just her like... Her parents are like, well, good luck. We're good parents. We're, we're cool with the fact that our daughter's a mutant. She's off having space adventures, and we can't really do anything about it. But if she could call every once in a while... That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Mr. And say Mrs. hi to your mother while you're out in Kiss space. your mother. Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. O'Hara. They haven't seen her. You know, and, and all this is happening as the TVA comes in and interrupts her. Oh, the freaking TVA. To arrest her. You know, whatever you've done or will do, you've already done it. It doesn't We've seen matter. It. It doesn't We're coming matter. for you. And We're she's the TVA. like, yo, I'm trying to fix the problem. And and she they not only do they come in and arrest her, but they like psychic block her. So she can't yeah. talk to Emma or anyone else. She doesn't have her team. But I would say, why did she go to the house to find the girl without any backup? Well, because she was on her own. I mean, she could have brought Deadpool, I guess, but... Oh, right, he was she only... was, they were in a mental meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma didn't want her to interrupt her dinner for one or lunch yeah, for one. Yeah, don't come here. I'm having a reservation for one right I'm having now. Having a time by myself. This was written by Andrew Wheeler, art by Carola Corelli, colors Brittany Peer, letters Joe Sabino. VC Joe Sabino. Both of those by that team. Love it. Great work. Yeah, I really like it. I'm enjoying it. it. What'd you think? Yeah, you... yeah it's fun. Good. It's fun. Powerful Good, women. Let's go. Well, you know, it's definitely a women month 
Yeah. We got we got your women's stories. Yeah, but let's keep it going outside of just Women Month. Sure. Same with Black History Month. Yeah. Same yes. with all the months. Pride. Yeah. AAPI. All the time. Natives. Just inclusion Hispanic, forever. Everybody. All the time. So Love Unlimited. That's another comic. I, I wrote three things. You know, Deadpool's got bar woes. He's he's complaining about this whole experience of the bartender. We we completely jumped for for how many of the issues didn't really have much <laughs> all happen in between at that carnival. Right. Now he's back at the bar with no name, which has no name, so that's not its name. Can't be by rule. <laughs> and he's talking about this love story, this this little montage of dates that he and Venus went on and how they're just it won't work she's a god he's a man their love isn't real because it's it's just forced influenced by powers it's destined on a side note i have a friend who is um a singer on a cruise ship and the other day um one of the destinations of the ship on the island there is a bar called the Bar with No Name. Hey, she was at, and she posted it in her story, and she was like, "If you know, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." But does she know? She know. I, why would she post it if she didn't know? I don't know. Maybe she, she knew. Maybe she knew something else. She knows. It's Mary. She's one of my few female nerd friends I yeah. have in the real world. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> She knows. At the end of the at the end of the date recap, there's just hey, I'm going home with the bartender and hanging out with her friend. Yeah. And what will happen, we don't know. We don't know. Is that the end? I think it's the end. I think it's the end. It was very like unclear, but like, kind of clear. Yeah. Right? Written by Fabian Nicieza, art by Salva Espin, colors Israel Silva, letters Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Well, you know what definitely ended, and I'm kind of sad that it oh, did. I know. Because it was just great all throughout so good x-men unlimited the unbreakable arc i love that okay so Farrell's like listen we're a team yeah and right from there Meryl's like all right well fine i gotta go get chamber then i guess we are a team and maybe i'll stop being so stubborn is this trying to prime and ready marrow for a team book is she like putting aside her i i mean the morlocks like that was a statement like yeah if you if you all don't stop messing the Morlocks are coming for you. Like, they let should. me get a Morlock book. I know that we say kill no man, but Maximilian Frankenstein. Kill that man. Kill that man. <laughs> like, I, I had no mercy. You see what he was doing? <laughs> he was so messed up. Wear his fingers as a necklace. Like, come that on. That is not okay, my friend. But we're, we're celebrating after our victory or or no? We're after our After we handle our business, right? Well, you know, we have to go. We have to we have to break into the auction. We have to chamber, chamber has to yeah. explode his fiery goodness all over the auction. Just taking down all these people or at least scaring them off. Right. I loved the who's who of hench people in the X-Men universe. The the cult of X or whatever they are mm-hmm. were there. Yes. And then not only does he have to do that, but he also has to destroy his own head. And he just kind of like burns his own head, ate it almost, except he doesn't eat. Just he just charred it up. Yeah. And then stealing uh, all of Max's little treasures. And then the team can can settle and they can just chill until the next fight they have. And when they get their own book, maybe I don't know. I hope so. 
Maybe. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never considered Chamber a Morlock, but, you know, the whole no face thing mm. lends itself to needing to hide. Yeah, but a Morlock book would be cool. They've just been hanging out in Madripoor, golfing in some other place. Arizona. Golfing in Arizona. Written by Zach Thompson, art by Philip Sevy, colors Ceci de la Cruz, letters. Hey, it's Joe Sabino again. Oh, VC is Joe Sabino. Just Joe. You just call him Joe. No. Is it time for Extreme X-Men? Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, first let's talk about the cover. Because Storm. Ah, it's beautiful electricity. Looking like a baddie. Yeah. Well, and she's going off in this issue. Yeah, she's upset. When she's got Grizzly, Logan, and Gambit just gritting their teeth behind her. Old man Logan and the voice of reason Gambit. What is going on? What is happening? All right, are you ready? Page, turn, noise. (laughs) We're picking up mere seconds. Moments. From where we just were in the previous issue. And Roe is not happy. Nobody's happy. Roe is crying on the next page. Lockheed is roaring his face off. Oh, Lockheed. The, the tragedy and the sworn vengeance from Storm. Yeah, she's not messing around. She wants revenge. Yeah, we have not made the murder no man rule. <laughs> I can is... murder all the man. Yeah. Taking us straight to our title page, Search and Destroy. By Chris Claremont and Salvador LaRocca. Colors by Guru EFX. Letters and production, Clayton Coles. BC's Clayton Coles. Salvador LaRocca and Guru EFX on the cover as well. Mm-hmm. I do love this team, and I do want to say this as an aside. This is somewhat near in time to where Kitty was when she found out what happened to her dad on mm, Genosha. Interesting. I read, I went back and read the X-Men Unlimited issue where it's revealed that he was on Genosha. I mean, she knew, but he was on Genosha and he actually says the message to her. Mm. And it's around the time that she's in college in Chicago and she's working at that bar and all the things. All the things. Well, Storm, okay. First, I got to say, I... I had thought, you know, we had talked a little bit about because of the lightning bolts on her head and all of this, will this directly tie to the Gambit story? And it totally does. So we're getting flashbacks to the training that happened inside Storm's mind. But I just love Storm and her, her sheer confidence in the... I don't need my powers to defeat you. I mean, that's classic Storm. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to just slap you in your stupid face. That's Storm versus Callisto. That's Storm versus Tarn. Ah, Tarn. Praise Tarn. Praise Tarn. And while it's all good and great, it's not enough for Beastie Brute, who is just swinging Logan around like <laughs> a hammer. Yeah. Well, you know, he's also got a little old gun in him. Yeah, no, that's true. And and his handlers have no idea what's going on. Yeah, they're like, like Beastie Bro, what are you doing? You, you're not doing the thing we want you to do. Whose I, side are you on? I do love this art team. I think I say it every issue. It's just because of how much I really enjoyed the first run of yes. this book. Yeah. And it is Salvador LaRocca and I think it's Guru EFX as well. Because it, 
visually it looks exactly the same. That's awesome. It is great art. I love it. So the fight continues. As Rogue comes in and takes a stand. <laughs> I love it. She's all over the place. What's this tattoo? I don't know, but I'm into it. I'm here for it. She's got so much agility, even without her powers. All this training in that danger room. She's coming at Beastie Brute Ogun, but surprise, it's not enough. She is jabbed in the stomach. <laughs> Ugh, gut punch. I mean, that had to happen, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they have no powers. But still, for narrative purposes. I guess, yeah. <laughs> for narrative purposes. But now it's time for Lockheed to get involved. Ooh, Lockheed. He's not having any of this. He's like, y'all killed my BFFFFFFFFF. Right. And I will destroy you. I'm going to light everything on fire. And Gambit's like, hey, Rogue, we kind of got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to go well for us. We should do like a light check-in with Sage and Bishop as they're hanging out with the cops. <laughs> they're everybody... seeing the flames in the distance. Yeah. Everybody gets shotguns and people are like, whoa, my powers are gone. It's interesting how they describe, like, I feel so empty. Yeah. The more I see Sage and learn about her, the more I love her. There are things that you don't even know about Sage that are revealed in the first run of this book that would blow your mind. Like what? That she is one of the original recruits of Xavier. Excuse me? Look, look at her face. Look at her face. What do you mean it sounds like you should read extreme x-men oh my god just like the first five issues <laughs> knock that out in a half hour or two i just think she's so it's true what they say okay the best x-men are the x-women yeah all of them are so great i sure. love all of them even sometimes Jean gray sometimes but doesn't matter okay doesn't matter let's kick, kick it on to the next part I don't really know what's going on with this mini sentinel. I don't know. It just all the power that is being stolen from the mutants. It's does not compute and is overrunning. It can't do what it's meant to do. The, the thing ain't thinging, but Logan doesn't have his healing factor and he is not happy being called an old man. I love that. He says that only Kitty and Ro can call him that. Yeah. You don't get to call me that. And then Rogue's like, well, you don't have your healing factor, so you kind of are an old man. Which, you know, of the people that have bonded with Logan in a familial way, Rogue is on that list. Mm. Rogue is one of Wolverine's lost girls. You know, like, <laughs> Wolverine's lost girls. People that need a, a sage samurai father figure in their Who life. Who are those people? Kitty. Yeah. Rogue. Yeah. Jubilee. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Armor. Mm. That might be it. Logan's Lost Girls. Shout out in the comments or messages if there's others that I'm forgetting, because I would like to know. <laughs> I like Art of Lucas to make a, a shirt. Logan's Lost Girls. Logan's Lost Girls. I'll buy it if you make it, Lucas. If it wasn't enough to tie in with the training, we're going to name drop Marissa DeCastro. Oh, did you not read Remy and Roe? Oh, you better. Because this this back and forth between Gambit and Storm. 
was intense. It was intense. How is Gambit the one talking you down right now? I know. Well, he's like, listen, Marissa told me Ro needs you. you, And I think she's still right. And then it's it's funny because like, because Gambit, well, it's like, "Mm, she's not actually young. She was de-aged, right? But you think about that Gambit series and how she was a child. But then you look at her now and you're like, no, Gambit, listen, even though you have sound advice, don't speak to your elders that way. I'd say I'd put them at the same age. It doesn't matter. She's superior. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. No, I, I take that as a Gambit <laughs> fan, but as a bigger Storm fan. Yes. This is like Storm is having a moment. Oh, well, yeah. We all have moments sometimes. No, I mean like across Xbox, like she is killing it. Oh, like um, like it's a her moment. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant in this book, like she's having a moment, like she, no, no, no. you know, like not a moment. Yeah, I like don't, I don't watch the shows moment. that that's referencing. What do you mean? There's it, no shows. Yeah, there's like it, just an emotional moment sure. is what I thought you were referencing. She needed a sec, you know, but she, uh, she can feel it. You know who else needed a sec? Logan, but Logan. he's ready. He's ready to just throw himself in. He don't care. Slashing up, you will pay for that gudgeon. Mm-hmm. He's sick of it. He's sick of this BS. He's done with sick Ogun. Of this beastie brute. I'm done with this nonsense. I'm taking you down. I'm Wolverine. I'm the best there is at what I do. Let's go. Also, uh, it's snowing now. It's snowing because Ro kind of has connection to her powers again she can feel that they're not there but she can't seemingly control them but something's calling to her these two what's happening i don't know these two are the the bad guys that had organized the whole thing uh, unsure unclear a hundred percent on their story probably partially because i don't care about them <laughs> <laughs> and they're sad little sentinel and uh yeah, there's there's a couple of small pieces that you know it's all seemingly related in different sections, right? right. The, the Sentinels working with them, Beastie Brutes working for them, Ogun is mixed in. Basically, they got they they were about to get charred by Lockheed, and you know, that's, one of them saved the other. And that's why he's all on fire. That's why he's all on fire. No, 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 it totally didn't even connect. This is a first, everyone. I only read it once. Okay, but it doesn't matter. I still knew something you didn't know after context clues in a comic. This is a monumental moment for the podcast. You know what else is a monumental moment? Frickin' Kitty Pride. Oh, man. My natural form is intangible. Okay, ready for something ridiculous for me to say? I think you're going to say what I'm thinking. Oh, you do? You're a ghost. You're a ghost. You're a ghost. Yo, you're a ghost. But I will say it's not the only time this week that I thought that. By about another character? Outside Correct. of Kitty or about Kitty? About another character. Oh, interesting. We'll get to that later. Oh, but yeah, just like mm, I know that like Claremont's not really in love with the Krakoan era and mixed reactions. He seems you know, to like it sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes he not. does. Sometimes he doesn't. But he likes what Teeny's doing. Yeah, and not necessarily that his books tie into Krakoa, but just this like literal 
Drop. I'm a ghost, you know. And then with with her time travel and being responsible for the, you know, the beginnings of things Ugh. and blah, blah, blah. And hopefully she's going to be, you know, in the tease of like, there's some big stuff coming for Kate. Like, I don't know. She's the answer to everything all the time. Fine with it. Let's go. Next issue. Hold the line. Ooh, baby. What'd you think? I really like this. It's very fun. I like seeing Storm in this sort of a team. I mean, I love her on Arako, but she doesn't generally, she's not like with the X-Men, you know? Like, I like this grouping. I Oh, yeah, this lineup? Yeah, yeah, like this is a good lineup. I enjoy the art a lot. This is a fun story. You know, it makes me feel like I'm reading classic comics. Yeah. Well, it's got a lot of great character moments, too. The back and forth between Remy and Roe, the stuff with Rogue mustering her strength and standing up to Beastie Brute. Even Logan being a grumble Gus. And right. Just, you know, don't call me that. And and now also because I've read Gambit and then how it connects to this, it's like, oh, even though these are not older comics, it's like, oh, I know stuff about stuff that happened before Krakoa. I mean, they are set in classic continuity. You can pinpoint... The couple of issues in Uncanny that Remy and Rose stems off of, mm-hmm. you know, the extreme X-Men run that this comes out of. Both yeah. of those are at very different points in continuity. So it's like it's giving you a backdoor into right. those runs. Right. We don't have any questions for this. No questions. Are you reading it in the world? Are y'all reading this? Extreme X-Men. What do you think is next for Ogun? Is he going to take over another powerhouse? I still think his goal is Rachel. Where was she? Yeah, where was she? She was taken down last issue, I think, right? Mm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's not going to stop. And I don't think he's going to be officially defeated by the end of this. Because he needs to, you know, be a threat still, I think. In continuity, I don't, I don't think he is. I, I think he was presumed to be dead at this point after the Kitty Pride and Wolverine story, which is another connection point I, that you even I have read. I also read that. Right. So that was the fact that like, he was hanging out in the recesses of her mind. Yeah. And yeah. then took control. Mm. I think that that was just to bring him into this story. What if he goes for Logan? I'm surprised that he hasn't. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like his Weapon X training or... Yeah. He just hates, he hates Logan so much. I just feel like if you went for Logan, though, you'd need like a whole nother issue to to kind of deal with the aftermath of that. So how many issues of this are there? Six? One more issue. Just one more. So, yikes. We'll Don't see. know. Don't know. Before we get to Marauders and Storm and the Bros, we had some overall comments. Vaderino has feelings oh feelings is all caps i have feelings okay vaderino what's up (laughs) but we'll get into the specific questions later on okay i just wanted to say i really like the synergy of both books this week they're both stories about endings really being new beginnings yes which i thought was really interesting that is a great statement and just the tie i thought that that was really cool the tie of kate and storm on these two covers and their prominence in this extreme x-men arc i just feel like that and it speaks so nicely to their relationship, mm-hmm. even though they're not in the same book together in Krakoa. Yeah, that's true. And Pete Woods 86 is wondering, could Bishop War College be connected to the Fall of X title Mutant First Strike? Bishop is in the main cast. It deals with an underground threat. And that's what Bishop was investigating in War College. Is mm-hmm. Moira involved too? 
Interesting. So that's the title, the one shot that's written by Steve Orlando. Unclear if it'll be somewhat of a wrap of this arc, the Marauders arc, Aftermath. If it'll be a brand new thing, it's Bishop, Scott, and Gene. So interesting. Which I, I mean, is it Bishop, R. Scott and Gene, yes. or is it Bishop oh. Alternate Universe Scott and Gene? I don't know. I believe it's R. Scott and Gene because I think it's in the six one six and it's teeing up Fall of X. But we'll find out. Maybe other world Scott and Gene come to play. Maybe. Are you ready for the final issue of Marauders? I don't know. I mean, I, I am. But I have I have feelings, Vader, you know? I have feelings because this uh I don't get emotional, Alicia. I wasn't ready. I didn't know I was gonna feel this way. I'm kinda sad, you know? Yeah. I know that there are things for Kate coming forward, like down the line. I know that she's not going anywhere, but Marauders was my my gateway marauders was my first love you know of outside of reading house and powers i i was like nope marauders is the book i look forward to marauders is the the story i want more of and and uh it feels sad for it to be ending but i I agree with that i also like marauders was my favorite or one of my favorites of the six dawn of x titles out mm -hmm. the gate i just this isn't that you know, right. it has 100%. the name, it has it some has of the cast. Ended. That has already ended. Right. You know, that what Jerry had created, what he'd been stewing on early in early days after hearing Hickman's pitch, mm-hmm. like that had an entirely different flavor to it. Yeah. Jake, minus the snake on Instagram said, Can I buy everyone a round of shots to celebrate Marauders finally ending? May we never speak of it or reference its incomprehensible retcons ever again. <laughs> Which I just thought was hilarious. I mean, it's a valid point. I I enjoyed at the end, mm-hmm. right? So we're at the end of it. Like I I get, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so conflicted. I get what was done, but it just hurt my brain going through it, and it just I, I had feelings about it, and I don't want to restate. Like I'm not trying to like slam on this book. Right. In the end, right. All we did was discover a world. Destroy the world and reset that world. Yes. So if the implication, like if there are no ripples of the fact that this mutant circuit was created or no connection to like how this furthers Kate's story or like what Cerebra is doing here. If that doesn't go outside of this book, it feels like it was a kind of a crazy roller coaster of a book for not much to like inevitably happen Mm -hmm. which is like you know i guess could be said about all books right they end and they they have to allow things to continue outside of them but for us to completely go off the track that we thought we were going to get which was going to be you know mutant pirate ship going out saving other mutants and bringing them to krakoa for us to be like, nah, I'm just going to put a pause on that idea for a second to go do this whole other thing. And then if that doesn't kind of have repercussions or ripple effects throughout Krakoa, then wh- why? You know? But it, it 
it happened. And we got it's, four it's new mutants on the island. That's, yes. that's really the takeaway. But let's yes. let's let's get into the book. Well, first I want to talk about this cover, which I am obsessed with. I do love the cover. I cannot stop staring at it. Yeah. Like, I love it. I love the colors. I love the way Kate looks. I love the swirly swirlies outside the box. I like that she looks like she's like upside down, even like the way her hair is floating up around her. Yeah. This, I love this cover. This I would Kim frame Jacinto. this artwork. This is Kim Jacinto, who has done the last couple of covers in the end. I really like it. Yeah. All right. Page turn noise. <laughs> All about love. Oh, yeah. Also, what? What? What is this story? I mean, I'll be honest. I think that this was intended to be continued. Set up for the next arc. This, mm. you know, especially the way that they were breadcrumbing us with this story, a page or two at a time. Yeah. This was going to be, and it even started the run in the annual with Brimstone. Right. Right. So this was going to be. A main event of this. This was down the line, and it wrapped up rather quickly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that would what Johnny D <laughs> and Fang are fighting Brimstone Love with Lockheed. With Lockheed, don't forget Lockheed. But we've got to go to our title page first. On the threshold of creation. Pre-Genesis Part 2, written by Steve Orlando, art by Eleonora Carlini, colors Matt Millett, letters and production Travis Lanham. VCs Travis Lanham. That covered Kim Jacinto, and special thanks to Al Ewing for his cosmic knowledge. Ooh. Interesting little note on the bottom. Cosmic knowledge. But don't, don't worry, we'll get back to the Brimstone Love coming in true fashion of this book because we're back to our main title or our main story where polaris and her og look for some reason is here making magic making a mysterium box mm-hmm. bringing it together as everyone's wondering why us why now why are we doing this i thought we were saving threshold or continuing its legacy and now i find out we created it mm-hmm. ah love Thea and Tempo. Mm-hmm. They're a cute couple. I like them. Yeah. yeah. I like the conversation of like, how many times did you practice that speech in your head? And Tempo was like, in so many times, and all you had to do was blink. Yeah. I like Tempo. I'm still not sure about Thea. Mm. I, I don't mind them as a couple. I just haven't been sold on these other thresholders. Amass is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I just like them. I like their romance. Sure. I don't really know much about her outside of this book, so we'll see. Crave, the guy that eats things. I don't know. Mm. It's time for some time with dad. Mm, some dad dad and the ghosts. Yeah, Carmen Pride. And it's your choice to live again. Like This is interesting. They don't want to just do this. They need consent from the ghosts. That was the last issue really setting up mm-hmm. that medium, that conversation with the dead spirits of Genosha. It's a cool conversation, you know, to say, hey, we have this idea. Y'all can be reborn in this other way. But is that okay with you? Are you into that? Because also we have this thing called the waiting room that maybe we could have gotten you to be alive here. Mm-hmm. But do you want to start a different civilization instead? And they're like, yeah, sure. I do. As Kate and her dad are doing a little map making. It's not your handwriting, Kate. It's, it's ours. Oh, uh, the ghosts are watching. I don't care. I'm hugging my dead dad. Oh, magic moment. Is this the person you thought was a ghost? Nope. <sighs> I'm so intrigued. Data page. 
We're talking about Cerebra. What what do we do about this girl? I mean... It's a valid question. Yeah, everybody's like, what is Cerebra doing here? Why is she here? Is she okay? How's she feeling? It's a cable thing. Yeah. Bishop, his future knowledge, this giving us a blanket cover for why he's so quiet unless something happens. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was a really interesting point that... I don't know if it's going to happen. My time is not necessarily this time. So things could change. And if I say something, it'll influence that change. Right. He is a he's a top tier time traveler. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He does it professionally. But I mean, I, I like getting to see this. You know, Cerebra hasn't really been in the book much. She got introduced and then she was sort of MIA. So I like this moment of like, hey, what has she been up to? She's just, and, and you know, she's protecting my friends. And then you get this little side story of her protecting a mutant. And he's a mutant who has no interest in Krakoa. And so the question is like, Cerebra, why? Why what protect this guy? And, you know... His ancestor or his future descendants. descendants will be part of her X-Men team. Right. I thought that that was just interesting seeing how powers pass down and are, are working in families like mm-hmm. this. We don't often see a lineage of that kind across generations. Right. It's like they have a similar power, but strengthened. it's strengthened. Yeah. And like, okay, I live for this jacket of Psylocke's. I fear it will never live past this book. I agree that that is likely to happen. But also her just like popping in with her psychic tripwire. Taking down the bushwhacker. Yeah. Them coming in and being like, hey, hey, uh, cool, cool flex. Uh, but Captain Kate's waiting for you. Yeah. We have a job to do. Nice little side story you got going on to... Tell us what you've been up to, but you are needed. And then her new friend is just like, yeah, but I want nothing to do with Krakoa, so I'm out. Yeah. Bye, guys. I'm going to go to the dispensary. I'll get you some lunch some other time. <laughs> See you guys lover. See you never. Yeah, it's just protecting the bloodlines for that X-Men 2099 team. It's a cool... It's, they look cool. It's a cool concept. 2099 looks like a cool place. But we got to get back to Brimstone Love because... Fang is also part of this team that needs to be doing what everybody else in the book is doing. So he needs to wrap up his story here so we can uh, get on over there. Stab you right in the eye. I take that too. And hey, look, Johnny D has been up to some voodoo powers. (laughs) This is a trip. So his power is that he feeds his succubus Mm -hmm. a piece of you and it creates a voodoo doll of you. Insanity. That he can then do stuff with. I was reading about him, and they are separate entities. Him and his stomach octopus? Yes. So we've got a brimstone love voodoo doll, but how are we going to take it down? Who's here to save the day yet again? Light it on fire, Lockheed. Lockheed! Just this next panel on the next page where brimstone is on fire. Oh, Bajoom! I love Lockheed's little eyes glowing in that bottom panel. Yeah. Johnny D wants to get a Marauder's Merit Badge to be a part of the team (laughs) before you head out. Because don't you have some place you need to be? Yeah, you do. You know, I'm going through it now. And and I know that I did not enjoy a majority of this run. But I like the last issue. And I kind of like this issue. 
I think the thing about the last two issues is that they weren't so complex. Because like, they weren't setting up new things. They were they right. were tending to the threads that we had and they were connecting things. They were wrapping it up. Overall, I think the story was enjoyable when you when you look at it as a big picture, you know, story. What and you you think about the points that we liked, right? There's a there were a lot of points throughout that were great. But it was the just the intensity of information in the beginning and what felt like a crazy like sharp turn in another direction that I think is where people sort of fell off from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, even Chad has remarked that it reads better as the full run. Right. Yeah. So maybe I'll give it a shot down the line. You going to reread it? Yeah, why not? Do it all the time. I know. Assemble the giant DNA strand. The most complex mutant circuit. Tease last issue. We are resurrecting a dead island full of people and sending it back in time in a tiny little box. <laughs> this Genosian monument of the the double helix. They call in all the spirits. All the spirits. Fold up that map. Put it in that box. To find later on. And then, bam, snap. There it goes. Time traveling, going back to Threshold, the Protozoic era, as Kate recites the three laws of Krakoa. Give you a little something to to get started. I do like that. I do like that as a call out as she goes, you know. Because she is making more mutants. She's helping to make more mutants here. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I saw it. I think Remy called it out, too. And then some people on Twitter as well. I think there were a couple other people that messaged. Is that Zylo? Like the Iraqi mutant? Right. Looks just like him. In this giant page mm. with make more mutants in the bottom kind of center. I mean, it could be like how old is Zylo and the fact that this is clearly Okara. Right. Right. And so Okara becomes Arako and Krakoa and... And Zylo is of like the land. Yeah. The living history. Interesting. That'd be cool. I so, hope I hope that was intentional and not just uh But then like whose soul is Zylo? Kate's dad. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know how that all works either. Yeah. You get reborn in a different body. And then my girls are having champagne. You're very excited about this? I just love when they're together. They could literally be just standing in the background of an image. And I'd be like, look, my girls sit together again. Yeah. This, where did the initial inclination for this box come from? It just struck me. Yeah, that's the part that doesn't seem very fleshed out. Is that ever since I think it was X-Men 21 mm. from Hickman's run where she wanted this mysterious box and then in Inferno when she had Mystique get it. Like, what did Hickman have planned for it? Yeah, I would love to know that. And the fact that it ties to Okara, which he created, is just interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, was that How something How do we that... get Jonathan Hickman on the show and ask him these questions? I don't know. He's, he doesn't reveal a lot of things like that because the team is still actively working on those story ideas. I don't care. Tell me, Jonathan. No Shaw's allowed. It's time to celebrate with the crew, the Marauders. Everybody's here. See Pyro, Iceman, mm-hmm. Magic. Everyone. Even some of the people that were in the X-Men Unlimited Marauders with their jackets. 
Oh, yeah. Was that triage? Callisto. But not you, Shaw. And a last data page from Thea, a people reborn, talking about creating the past with the future. How are you? How are you timeline wise? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Time is a cyclical brain explosion. Time is not linear. It's just it happened. I accept it. I move on. That's good. Next, before the fall, mutant first strike number one. That's one of the four one shots that have been announced. What do you think about this? I thought this was, you know, this was a good way to wrap things up. Yes, some stuff ended quickly. You know, I'm sure that there were bigger plans for Cerebra the same way there were bigger plans for the Brimstone Love uh, plot line. I think, though, we got to wrap up. We got like a kind of a happy ending and like some closure for Kate. And she got this moment to reconnect with her dad. We, we wrapped up whatever we needed to with the Mysterium box and everything was like, okay, we're putting that away. And I think it left all of the characters in a place where they can move forward and hopefully still continue to be part of, you know, other stories. Yeah. I mean, overall, I'm, I'm glad this title is over. I have to be honest about that. I tried several times to enjoy it. I even tried to reread it. The Mm -hmm. first arc after it was done, the whole Shi'ar secrets, I looked for ways to appreciate it as it was being built. I'd say that it did stick the landing, even if it felt rushed a bit on Brimstone Love and Cerebra side. But the amount of development that had, it must have been that next arc intending. But Cerebra's side quest was interesting. I don't dislike how it all wrapped together. It just hurts thinking about Mm. and makes me wonder why. Yeah. You're never going to get that answer, Justin. Yeah. Warline's wondering, with Marauder's ending and it seemingly happening abruptly as the main arcs were rushed, do you think that Steve Orlando before the fall of X one-shot will be a continuation slash aftermath of his Marauder's run, like how Sons of X will be to Legion of X? I don't I think it's going to be something so. yeah, I think it's going to be something separate. I think it's going to be something different cuz this feels pretty wrapped up. Right. You know, this feels like okay, we had a nice bridge with the annual mm-hmm. that brought us from the end of the first run to the start of the second. But I don't know that we need anything else to wrap up. And it's just, we were talking about it before. It's Bishop, Gene, and Scott. So I, I wonder what else they're doing. Yeah. Karma was on a variant cover that was revealed today. Ooh, intrigue. Warline also is calling out, Emma saying that Magneto is right about them being gods is out of character. She's an egotist and loves messing with other egotistical weirdos, but a person with a god complex, she is not. No, but I don't think that she's, like, I don't know, I I don't feel like it's out of character because I feel like she is praising Kate in that moment. You know, like, that's a a Catherine, you are a god kind of moment and not like me, I'm a god, we're all gods. I think she meant it in like a, you, you have done this glorious thing, you are so much more than you ever knew you were, you're a huge part of mutantdom, like, this is you're capable of great things kind of moment. And it's interesting to think about what a God means in the Marvel universe versus what it means in real life. Mm. Right. The The fact that 
even Legion of X, all the talk about the, the trickster gods, the various gods that just would assemble power. What does it mean to be a god? What does it mean with Emma calling Kate a god that she helped create a ton of life? And I, you know, right. I, I don't know. Fake Torta appreciated Marauder's structure, but why? It did not develop <laughs> anything about Krakoa or characters. You know, the only thing that I would say about developing Krakoa is the, the sneak in of the Okara. Right. Right. And I would say for characters, this idea that this civilization was started by these mutants and Kate particularly, I think that is a interesting character development. And it also kind of gives, it's interesting, right? Because like part of Genosha was like all of the mutants of Genosha were in the queue, the resurrection queue. So now do they not get resurrected? That's what I was asking before. Because like, I was going to say, oh, it gives them some closure too. But do they not get resurrected now? Does that clear up the queue? Like, But I don't know. Are, are mutants from Threshold in the queue? Right. I don't know. Because would they even know about them? Right. Are those mutants because the fact that you know they're, they're in the past now are and that they all die? Are they able to be resurrected because of the waiting room? It's complicated. But yeah, I also agree. But why? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm going to try to try to answer your question. But also, I have the same question. Rem Springer, Remy calling it out. Was that Zylo and Marauders? Ooh, and I think I think it was. It, it has just, to be. It looked just it has like to him. Be. If they did that on by mistake, then that's a very blatant mistake. Yikes! Baderino thought it was nice that Genosian victims get a fresh start, but I'm a little confused about how that process works. So is it all the Genosian and human victims are going to wake up in the past, resurrected and ready to mingle, or is it that everyone got blended into a gene soup and brand new people are being born from that cube? I get there the beginning of Threshold, just missing that part. I think it's a gene soup. The gene soup. Uh, I'm, I'm down with the gene soup. One gene soup, please. I'll get out of here, Sinister. Soup. You don't get no more gene soup. <laughs> no, gene, no soup for you. Yeah. Masters of comic books, Marauders ended really strong. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. Did. Yeah, it was a solid landing. House of Rhetorica, I didn't enjoy the confusing ending of Marauders, <laughs> but I liked what it tried to say. I also agree. Uh-huh. also agree. also agree. There were definitely some confusing moments. Yeah, yeah. Gilbert Rojo, 1022. So glad Marauders is over. Hopefully they turn things around for Kate after the gala. I hope that as well. You know, I, I like to structure, especially when we have differing opinions mm. on a book, I like to structure them next to each other. And you say, yeah. like, yes, kind of, no. Yeah. And I agree with all three of those statements. I thought that, you know, it, yeah. it, it ended strong. It was confusing, even in its strongness, and I'm glad that it's over. And I'm ready to see where Kate goes next. Yeah, that's the part that I'm really curious about. You know where we're going next? To the future. To the far future. 100 years. 100 years. 100 years, Morty. <laughs> uh, it feels weird now. Oh, no. Um, That was cleared. Did you see that? Justin Ryland posted something the other day that all the charges were dismissed and this person was just lying about him and he never got convicted and his whole life was turned upside down because of an ex who wanted him canceled. I'm so happy. (laughs) I saw a post from him the other day where he was saying he was so glad that it finally was cleared and he, yeah, he was like just going to try to rebuild his life and his career now. 
Is he still fired from Rick and Morty? I don't know. He didn't put that in the post. Yeah. I don't know how he would feel about that. Going back. Yeah. yeah it's, it's tough. He did say something like he was sad that so many people just completely sided with this story without any real, like any other information, which is such a difficult thing in That's, the yeah, world right. that we live in right now. You because, want to believe the victim. And right. You want to you know, give truth to their, you want to support their story. Their, yeah, exactly. But when something like this happens, you know, there was that other one. Uh, I don't want to get into other stories of, you know, people claiming face fake things, but you know, that's, yeah, it's rough, huge tangent, but yeah. But I just, when you said that, I was like, Oh no, I had not seen this. Justin no. Roiland is a, is a cleared man. Yay. Makes I, me so happy. We, we still have the picture of him yeah. on the wall. Yeah. The best, that was a great day. Anyway. Anyway, back to Storm. <laughs> Storm and the bros. Storm and the bros. Oh, man. Old Lady Storm with a destiny bubble on that cover. I really do love Old Lady Storm. <laughs> I mean, I love Storm, so it's hard to not. Is she in like a hairdo Salon chair? I feel like that's her version of a Cerebro something. What? But yeah, it does look like a It looks like one of those things, right? The things that you see only in old-timey photos and movies. Justin, those things still exist. I've never seen them. (laughs) When you go get your hair dyed, you sit underneath one of them. I've never done that before. I've done it many times. That's that's from the 50s. You're making (laughs) stuff up. You're pulling my leg. It's real, I'm telling you. Just destiny trapped in what looks like an Orbis ball. Mm-hmm. Icing on the top. Let's get into it. Page, turn noise. If you didn't know this was a Star Wars book. You know now. You know now. Double After and down. After this issue, there's multiple references that really tie well, it in. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty blatant in the first one when they right. had that scroller. But now, the, the X-Wings. The- we've got Yeah, we've got a stroller. We've got... The blue, the blue squad, the red squad. Yeah. We've got a freaking Death Star. A Death Star, yeah, no, it's definitely a Death Star, <laughs> right? Sinisters fighting Sinisters. The Brotherhood versus everyone for Araco, and Freedom Force transported a Death Star schematics and then died. Dun dun dun. As Destiny has come out of hiding. Ooh, I love it. I love that this guy's like, tell us the code. Boop, here's the code. No. Ask them the future code What's the that next nobody code? knows. Who is Novar? Dunno. No, you know, Al is like, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm just going to introduce characters and maybe you'll find out later. It, that's the way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. That's true. In media res, baby. We're just going with it. Exactly. The fact that John Ironfire is on the cover of X-Men Red 12. Oh, swear word. <laughs> oh, Flark. <laughs> Damn, that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, there's hope for Rasputin yet. <laughs> he goes meh, 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 yeah. with his little head. Meh, meh, meh. That's a different kind of. Well, it doesn't matter who this guy is. Okay, he's he's gruff and he knows what's up. Yeah. Maybe he's a descendant of the Fisher King. Eh, he kind of has that vibe. He's got Fisher King vibes. As we alert the old witch goddess. Destiny's here. The different names and what they mean to each person. 
yo, let's talk about Cable for just like a hot second. Oh, you mean X-Man? Look at him. What is going on? What is he infused with at this point? Zylo. Oh. That happened in that the happened first issue. That happened already, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Destiny is like really upset and she's she's just like, I want my wife back. What the heck? I mean, I, I understand that she is upset. I get it. But also knowing that she damned the entire universe because mm-hmm. she had the the last 90 years to spend with her wife and her wife was like, no, I'm good. I need to go do something. Yeah. Mystique being like, listen, you can't just keep me locked up. That's not fun for me. I'm going to go out and uh, kill some people. And if I die, then I die. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta give it to the cause. Whatever the cause is, I'm not just going to stay cooped up here. I, it's so Mystique, though. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, uh, she doesn't make it back from that battle. I do want to call out X-Man's lack of feeling for Hope having died. You know, th- this distinction between Hope mm. and Exodus and the personal religions, right? And, and just the, the cough, uh, baffling at calling Aurora a goddess. And- right. But then the conversation of like, oh, well, that's sinister. It's like because Destiny's like, even Exodus got st- sick of you know, having hope be the Messiah. Like, y'all will get sick of Storm. And they're like, no, that's because they all have sinister in them and they're too obsessed with themselves. Whereas, like, Storm is about the people and we all believe in her. She's our queen god witch. (laughs) She's our queen god witch. As she rolls in. Who is this this mystique-looking lady? Gonna. She's just another one of like, boop, she's here. That's the way, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. It is. I believe she's an accuser. Mm. That's what she gets referred to as, like a Cree accuser. Well, it's time to kill Moira for really reals. Oh, do you like the reflection in the helmet? I love the reflection in the helmet. Usually you hate that. It's been a while. Sure. That's the thing. To me, my X-Men. No, (laughs) stop saying it. But... But we haven't had a reflection in the helmet shot in a little bit. I do. I We passed by real quick, but Mystique in the Freedom Force oh, shot. Oh, yeah. It's dope. It's just so good. Dope, I, dope, dope. The, where are these artists in the regular books? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of uh, a lot of really amazing artists in only so many books. It's true. But we could get more. <laughs> oh, okay. Sign us up for more to do. It's time for our title page. The Mission. No Hope. Written by Al Ewing, art by Andrea DeVito, colors Jim Charolampidus, and Rachel Rosenberg, letters Ariana Maher. This is Ariana Maher. The cover by Lionel Francis Yu and Matt Miller. Miller. Spaceships. I love the, the brothership. Like, that is so awesome. <laughs> the brothership. I just love that as a name. It's pretty good. They're shooting out the brothership in their individual little X-Wings. X-Fighters. They're X-Wings, okay? We know it. You know it. I know it. The people know it. I love this distinction that John can connect with his vehicle because of his mutant power. Yeah, he's pretty cool. And they're all going for the Death Star. The giant orb in the sky. The Death Sphere, a.k.a. the Death Star. Orbis' latest creation, he is the overlord of the Interstellar Compact. And I don't think I knew that before. 
Sure, yeah, yeah, no, right. But you know what the interstellar compact is, right? All the the disparate yes, left yes. behind pieces that formed their own rebellion. The fact that you have a scroll, yeah, at the desk here. He's got this giant shell for his world farm, and all this processing power is going to not Dominion. It's just his long term plans. I mm-hmm. love that it's all faded across the Dominion. What what Dominion? <laughs> We're not doing it. I also like that Orbis is like. Ha ha ha! These fools. Yeah, it's it's they're classic, not gonna get us. It's classic villain hubris of well, commander on deck. What's going on? Oh, it's just those guys. They're just three little ships. Send all of our ships out. All of them. Destroy them. Every single ship we have. Because that's a smart move. This though. Oh yeah. This like plan oh how are we gonna do it with three ships well we're all connected through our minds and everyone's little powers are doing a big old mutant circuit destiny's gonna tell us what's about to happen we're all gonna fight and win and look at us go destiny connected to cora like this this fire all over her that's so cool freaking cora i love cora she's one of my favorites i know you do i know i mean cora is pretty dope i love her too Future visions on fire. (laughs) And then the end of a universe is coming. Oh, watch out now. Who's making an appearance in yet another book? It's our good friend, Mother Righteous. She's here to toy with our boy's mind. Johnny Ironfire. She's like, hey there, what's up? And he's like, you can't distract me, fool. I love Storm. It's true. (laughs) You know, I'm just in your head to watch the show. This is shaping up to prove... So this is the other ghost. Oh, that's who you think is a ghost. Just the the appearance, the ability to do this. What I find really interesting is her question to everyone. What would you do differently if you had another shot? Like if I were to reset this, what would you do differently? Yo, no, no, no. Mother Righteous is the ghost. I think she is. Just the way that she appears here. But how could she be a ghost to the sinister... Time is irrelevant. Wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. In Immortal X-Men, I'm closing my eyes so I can envision it. When we see the back in time in the beginning, and he says, you're a ghost, you're a ghost for the first time. Mm -hmm. Is that the sinister clone? No. Or is that the OG Nathaniel Essex? That is the OG Nathaniel Essex. So how can he see a ghost of something he potentially hasn't created yet? Time travel. Freaking time travel. I mean, anything, you just say time travel. (laughs) But here's, okay. All right. Ready? Okay. You read the definition of dominion. Yeah. And it said, when you achieve dominion, you can exist in all times exactly. at the same time. Exactly. So that's how Mother Righteous is a ghost. I'm saying it. Because she gets dominion at the if end she, of this. If she reaches dominion, I mean, she's she's the well, the one that's got the best shot at it now, especially <sighs> by the end of this issue. Then how the heck do we get back to Krakoa? I don't know. That That's part that I'm still thinking right. on. And we have, we have said multiple times that the Moira reset can't, can't possibly be the answer because well not as a straight answer right, as because it because it would be too obvious what i was thinking and i don't think this is actually true but would it be interesting for mother righteous to send herself back through the moira machine somehow 
I mean, if she if she inevitably achieves dominion status, somehow she can go throughout all these things. If she resets Moira, then she exists with all that knowledge. Oh man, yeah, she does. All she has I to wonder. Do, all she has to do is reach dominion and then pull the plug, and then she can go and do whatever she wants. Oh goodness gravy! I don't know. It's all speculation. Yeah, but it's a good. It's a good speculation. I'm gonna say. That's a good one, Justin. What would you do differently? That's the part that really stuck out to me. I mean, and the fact that she appears as a ghost, but just those two at the same time. Right. And it, it definitely appears like I doubt anyone else can see her. Right. Except the person whose mind she's in. So right. that's sort of the other thing of like in those moments when he says you're a ghost, you're a ghost. And we also, can't see who it is. Also the red that over, overtook Nathaniel before he died. The red and black, red and black. The this immortal, is, the immortal I issue. am, I was just processing what you were okay, saying. Just, My brain is exploding right now. All right. Oh, snap. Well, it's all going down. They're sneaking into that exit hatch. Yeah. Ha ha, suckers. You thought we were here to fight. Now nah, we're just here to slide in. And Orbis is like, oh no, I figured out their plan too late. Too late. And you know who else figured out their plan too late? No, sorry, Destiny. Destiny. What sword is this? I don't know, but it's one that can slice right through the middle of destiny. Oh, it's, it's Korra's. You see it on the next page. Oh, yeah. I knew it was Korra's. I just didn't know, like, is like, it any sign of it? sword? Right. I don't know. She's an amped up sword. So Korra kills destiny at the last second as she believes that she's going to be a part of this reset. Yeah, she saw the the end of the universe. She saw blackness. She thought that meant reset, but really it meant death. her death. Oh, man. Go be with your wife in whatever afterlife you have. This double spread as Korra gives power to the goddess witch, combining into this massive black hole, wormhole of sorts. She calls upon all her ancestors, all her power, everything to transport all of them in the lab out of there. Out of there. Into this wormhole. This was the plan. John is so excited. He's so happy. But then so sad later on. Yeah. Overlord, surely, surely something can be done. Uh, What does he mean? Surely, he says computer switch off life support. He kills himself. He just kills himself? Yeah. He's like, well, I had my chance. <laughs> we had a good run, so Golden Ball. So two out of four Sinisters are out now. Done. You have Nathaniel trying to do the fake hero play in Immoral. And then you have Mother Righteous who just bops around wherever she pleases. Wherever the heck she wants to be. Because that's what you can do when you achieve Dominion status. Stasis, dead. Orbis, dead. I had money on Stasis. I just, I can't believe Orbis was just like, well, that's it. That's enough. I've tried for who knows how many millennia, but I'm out. Yeah. Oh, good. Jeez, Louise. And then the heartbreaking moment, which I still deny. I will not believe it is real. I mean, we are a hundred years in the future, right? So we are, however old you want to mark Stormat in the Krakoan era, 30, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you want to say that doesn't make any sense chronologically. She is 130 at this point, 125 maybe. Mm. Like 25 feels wrong. Right, right. I think 
I'm pretty sure I've read that you know, generalized Scott is like 29. And so she would likely be around that same age. But and and I'm not going to say that with magic powers or with right. any kind of you know, do mutants age differently? Sometimes depends on the mutant. Mystique, sure, definitely. Logan, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But this is a long, powerful life, and to be able to give even even Cora, like looking on this last page as Cora's crying and, and announcing what has happened to Aurora that she has died with this last move that mm-hmm. she even knew that death was coming. Like Cora does not look a hundred years old. Listen, you can't talk about that. John does not look 90 years older than we saw him in the last issue. How does this work, Al? It's magic, Justin. Yeah, so I'll buy that for Storm. It's magic for all of them. Maybe Mutant magic. Maybe Cora with the, the fire. That's cool. She got no wrinkles. Mutant magic. Oh, and then we had to see oh, it, man. right? We had to see her dead body. That's too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, turn that hair dryer off. Oh, stop it. It's going to smell. That's terrible. You're terrible. Uh, it's not real. Come on. We're going back in time. Get out of here. They're not going to kill how, Storm. How's Storm and the bros going to be Storm and the bros without Storm? Issue three. She's her classic form on the cover of issue three. And we're a thousand years in the future. She wasn't making it to a thousand years in the future by natural causes anyway. How are they resurrecting her? I don't know. The waiting room? Somehow. Because they got Sinister's lab. They can do it in there. Maybe. Nah, maybe. He goes, nah. I don't know. Are you going to spend the next 900 years figuring it out? Probably. Next, Immoral X-Men 3. What do you think? Big picture. I mean, I so far, Immoral X-Men and Storm and the bros are the ones for me of Sins of Sinister. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nightcrawlers, you also have how you have about Legion of X and right. it's just a future version of that and really building the lore of this character of Mother Righteous sure. right for sure which is great I just think the epicness of these stories the like I really think that it's fun that this is playing into like the Star Wars vibes yeah. you know like that gives it its own identity and I think it's a fun connection and then I just, I like this story. I like these characters a lot. I like the, there's always like a backstabbing, like twist. twist. Yeah, some kind of twist. So that's great. That's good. Good narrative. I mean, we're moving things along. We got the lab. We've taken out another sinister. Yeah, this was. It an, feels meaty. This was an epic space battle. Yeah, I think they did a great job building from issue one and setting up and incorporating all the information we had gotten in the in-between. And also setting us up for who, who even, we're going 900 years in the future. How does any of this still remain relevant 900 years from now? I don't know, Justin. You'll have to wait till next week to find out. Um, there's a week off. Rude. We do not have Sins of Sinister next week. That's a tragedy. I think it just it's crazy that Orbis is gone. And the reveal <laughs> of Mother Righteous playing a longer game for herself just takes it up how many notches? So many notches. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. We got questions. It's exciting. Yeah. Maddie MKM is enjoying Sins of Sinister, but I feel like none of the year 100s really gave a specific reason for why it exists. And I think that that's a difficult, you know, when, when you're in a three issue, the middle one is collecting the first and setting up the second, the third, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like playing that, that 
halfway in between and expanding that world. You know, the the Nightcrawlers we continue to yeah. We don't have that. to talk about that one. Yeah, we, we can. <laughs> but that expanded the lore. Really, all it did expanded the Dominion or or quest for Dominion for Sinister in Immoral, and yes. then even expanded this intergalactic battle. I mean, I think this. This has a point. This is like we now have the lab in the hands of the rebels and Destiny and Mystique, Destiny are, and Mystique are both dead. Sure. And Storm. And Storm. Yeah. That's a that's a lot in my opinion. But you know. Well, I just I always feel that about like a middle issue on a three issue arc is that you're kinda you're taking that influence of the first, you have to further it somehow, and then all you're doing is setting up to stick the landing. Right. And especially telling a story across a thousand years, I feel like that gets even more complicated. Yeah, that's many, many years. Right. Warline says that Orbis's thousands of years of work got decimated by the mutants. First the destruction of Hala and now this, poor fella. Mother Righteous is clearly winning the race to Dominion now. I mean, yeah. I think I, I, think it's, yeah. I, I still can't believe that Orbis just decided just that said, was I'm, it. I'm, I'm done. done. All right, y'all. We, we shot our shot. There's no hope for me now. Gotta go. Done. And he was saying that it's ironic how Sins of Sinister is just a newer version of Age of Apocalypse and Cable is now calling himself X-Man after his AOA counterpart. Ah, yes. Those events always mess with him a lot, including genetically. Mm-hmm. Al Ewing is like, if Marvel won't give me... Star Wars, I'm going to turn X-Men into Star Wars. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, here for it. Love Star Wars. L3 East Boy says Storm plus Korra. Wow. Yes. Just the emojis. Freaking Korra, man. Loved it. Vaderino, Storm of the Bros. First of all, LOL at your version of this title. It's canon now. (laughs) But secondly, poor Marauders never stood a chance. Easily, (laughs) this was the best book of the week. If Immoral was Star Trek last week, this week is Star Wars. Yeah. For sure. They like hinted at it last week in or last issue. And now they're like, yo, in case you didn't get it, we're we're going to just like make it real apparent this time around. Yeah. And we were talking about it earlier. Vaderino is calling out. Notice how Mother Righteous is called a ghost. Could she be the subject of you're a ghost? You're a ghost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. In, especially as they're teeing up Dominion with that article about what Dominion means. Right. They're Christ. trying to tell you something. The answer's there. Mm-hmm. It's Molly Towie said that Storm's death was amazing, but Destiny's. I know she is bad, but that death, at least she is with her wife. Yeah. I mean, there were multiple times in reading this book where I went, what? Out loud. <laughs> no? Huh? Not expecting that. No. And it's good. You want that from a story. Right. Of course. Masters of Comic Books says straight up Star Wars vibes in Storm and the Bros. Loved it. Everybody's here for the Star Wars. I mean, come on. Star Wars is great. We love it. We live for the Star Wars. Especially with Mandalorian. Yes. Are you guys watching it? <laughs> we watched it last night. <laughs> House of Rhetorica. Damn it, Al Ewing is top tier forever. And it's true. Yes. Agreed. It's true. Oh, Endorse man. that statement. Al, Boop. please don't leave us. Maddie Bond, Mother Righteous, pops up again. It's the mystery of her moves that intrigues me most. Mm. Right. She's got everything planned. What is that book that she had? How does she know all that she knows? I don't know. She had the Darkhold. Not the book. The book. Oh, the that book. She had, the book of the heart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has the Darkhold. She has everything. She's, <laughs> She's got, got them all. all. She's got all the trinkets. Oh, God. LV Duart 
said that I understand she was in character, but man, what a surprising move from Storm. I am speechless. Most well-developed ex-character in the whole Krakoan era. Ooh, yeah. I mean, she she definitely has had a lot of moves development, right? a lot of, I don't know, promotions, if you well, want to call them that. She was largely on the back burner in the first arc or two, right? Right. We she, were waiting for this was, moment to come. She was side support on Marauders. She had a moment in Ten of Swords, but then went back to side support until right. the Hellfire Gala and stepping up into Arako, stepping up into the intergalactic stage. Yeah. JPV Cavalcanti wonders, do you think there will be any lasting consequences after Sins of Sinister? I feel like at first I would have said no, but now I think there could be. I think there's definitely going to be. Especially with the hints of like characters sticking around and just like... Mm. The fact that Mother Righteous is on the cover of Sons of X. Yeah. And knowing that the, the four sinisters or the four suits whatever that other title is yeah i don't know there's some pieces it's gonna be there it was a short week but solid solid week it was a fun week lots of good stuff i'm kind of upset that there's no sense of sinister next week i like it that we take this one week off in between the the spaces listen it's the week we're actually moving so sure could be good for us i mean it, it is still a solid week of oh books, great so excellent <laughs> don't get too excited do you want to know what it is yeah tell me do you know any of them oh i could guess Go um all right let's see bishop war college nope no one issue one book will be ending next week Sabretooth and the exiles number five. Ooh. one book will have its second issue. No, I don't know. Its second issue? Captain Britain. Oh. One book will check in with our Merc with a Mouth. Yo, it's Deadpool. And the fourth book you will absolutely not get because we've not talked about it at all. It's new? It's brand new and it's a one shot. Oh yeah, I have no idea what it is. It does that thing where they do issue ones across a bunch of titles what X, is it? X-Men Unforgiven. What? Never talking even about, heard of that. Talking about vampires. Okay. Let's go. I like vampires. Oh, right. We're going to go see a vampire <gasps> movie. Can we talk about that? Is that legal? <laughs> I think so. We're going to the premiere of Renfield. Yes. We can talk about it. Why not? Sure we can. Why not? Renfield. That's why we posted about it the other day. Yeah. We're going. We're going. On Tuesday. Tuesday. We'll be in New York. La 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 la. What was I going to say? Vampires. Yo, vampires? Is it in the Krakoan era? Yeah. Exterminators. Oh, well, I mean, it is with Jubilee, but it's not the Exterminators. Yeah, but maybe they'll make an appearance. That'd be cool. That would make sense, too. So, kind of a missed opportunity. The Exterminators will return over and over and over again is what they meant to say when they wrote that. Hey, not just one time. Not just that one time in X-Men. <laughs> in X-Men. A week later. <laughs> and then that one other time in X-Men Unlimited. They're going to be back more and more forever and ever. You love it. Yes. Well, until next time, old friend. There's no Charles. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on the X-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. 
The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 